It was a long, long journey. You know, a lot of people, their journey kind of starts when they're diagnosed, but for us, that was kind of like the end of a chapter. Like, thank God, there's something there. We're not actually crazy. What happens when a vibrant young teenager gets a life-changing diagnosis? She goes to L.A. to live out a dream. This is Living With, a new story series about living as fully as possible in the shadow of serious illness, disability, or impending death. I'm Kathy Warzer. Hey guys, it is Grace Weather, and we are going to spend a weekend in London with Vogue and Condé Nast. Hey guys, it is Grace Weather, and we are going to go behind the scenes of the 2017 Teen Choice Awards. Her videos from London, France, and L.A. show a beautiful young woman, brilliant smile, blonde hair that cascades around her shoulders and down her back. No surprise Grace Weather is a model. She's also an actress, writer, poet, musician, dancer, champion figure skater, former circus performer, and cancer survivor. All of it before the age of 18. Grace has done a lot of living that could have been sidetracked back in 2015. So I was in about seventh grade when I started getting really sick and tired and no one could figure out why. So we were in different ERs, different pediatricians, and they kept just saying, she's depressed, she's a teenager, it's in her head for attention. You know, we heard everything. And my mom was like, this is not my daughter. There's something happening and we need to figure this out. So it was about a year of just going to different places, different doctors. And one day she took me to the ER and my blood work came back really off on the red and white blood cell count. So I was sent to the children's hospital into the leukemia department, but I did not have leukemia, which they found out very quickly. (laughs) So I spent about six months going in and out of there. And one day they just did an MRI of my head to see if there was anything. And that was how they found it. It was a brainstem glioma, a tumor within the brainstem, a tricky place for any problem, much less a cancerous tumor. The brainstem controls breathing, heart rate, and blood pressure, and houses the nerves and muscles used to see, hear, walk, and talk. Grace was just 13 years old when she got the diagnosis. To be honest, I don't remember it. I'm not going to try to make things up because I, I don't really remember it. Um... I remember the room that we were in, and I remember they just kind of showed me a MRI. And, you know, now I'm a lot more educated about the brain and the different parts of the brain. But at the time, I was like, what is this weird, blurry picture? I don't know what this is. But her doctors knew, and so did her mother. It was a deadly serious situation, but it also led to a life-changing decision. You know, I was able to be diagnosed and then wake up the next day and be like, okay, what do I want to be doing? Every single day, I need to love my life. I was so lucky that I had that, and my goal is to introduce that to as many people going through cancer as I can, because I think having something that you love and having something to live for is so important. You know, waking up every day and having something that you're like, okay, I'm going to go do this, because otherwise you would lay in bed. And I had that. You know, when I was first diagnosed, we had that when we just laid there and didn't know what to do with ourselves, because, you know, it does change your life. The tumor was there the day before they found it. But the day after, my life was completely different, whether I wanted it to be or not. So with Grace's passion for the arts, obvious talent for acting, and the looks for modeling, she and her mom pulled up stakes in Minnesota and headed to Los Angeles. 
Because this year has undoubtedly been the busiest year of my life, this video is gonna have to be right at the season premiere of Empire. I walked for Venya and got to shoot with them for That's Facebook the Wildflower Phone Case pop up shop, and I was the ambassador for LA Fashion. I was in the music video for my friend Wes Tucker's song Monument, and then I headed back to New York. The move was a good one, but not always easy. So, you know, they say like, oh, day by day, but it's so true. You know, every single day, you don't know, I don't know how I'm gonna wake up and feel tomorrow. You know, I, I still deal with seizures, I still deal, I have migraines every day. And, you know, you really don't know how it's going to go. How's the treatment been? Um, treatment for me has been very weird because I have a very unusual path when it comes to brain tumors. Most people's journeys start when they're diagnosed. They're put into surgery within three hours of finding out, and then they spend months in the hospital trying to, you know, rehabilitate their brain that's just been ripped apart and, you know, intruded into. So when I was diagnosed, that was my moment to go home. You know, I, I walked out of the hospital that day and I was able to go do things that I love. Chemotherapy and radiation don't work for my tumor and surgery is very tricky and doctors don't want to mess with it because it's in the brainstem. So it's considered one of the worst tumors to have. But for me, it was such a blessing to have the worst tumor because it meant that they couldn't do anything, which meant I didn't have to live in the hospital, which is a very depressing place to be. So it was a very positive thing that I didn't have treatment. So I haven't had any treatment, like traditional medical treatment, but there's been so many other things that we've done to keep my health good. So it, it's hard to adjust, but I'm, I think I'm on a good path with my health. How did people react to you? How are they reacting to you when they learn that you are living with cancer? Yeah, so the opening of my book talks about this. So my book is called You're So Lucky. When people first find out that I have a brain tumor, they say, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And then they say, you're so lucky once they hear the rest of the story. So I think, you know, people don't really know how to talk about it. To me, it's something that's so easy to speak about. Like at my book events, I'm always like, I challenge you to just speak to them because people with cancer are normal people and they have emotions and they're going through things. And most of the time they want to talk about it. If they don't, they're going to tell you that. People are just so awkward about it. People don't know how to deal with it. It's such a weird thing. Everyone deals with it. people say the strangest things. The weirdest things. And they're trying hard. They mean <laughs> they, well. Yes, they mean well. Yes. They just don't know what to say. Uh, to be honest, I don't even know what to say. I was, like, thinking about that. I was like, I want to, like, write a pamphlet for people on, like, what to say. I stopped after, like, an hour because I was like, I have no idea what I would say to someone. I still don't know. You always just say, like, I'm so sorry for your loss and send a card. I know. It's awkward. I don't know what to uh, Yeah. I've had a lot of friends pass away, unfortunately, like more than I can count on my hands. But, um, oh, that's so sad. Yeah. But for me, I understand the death part of it, if that makes sense. It sounds really weird, but when they die, I don't feel sad for them because I've, I've seen their journeys and I understand that, like, sometimes I'm upset because I'm like, oh, why did Amber die and I'm here? But, I think it's more for the families, you know? Right. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. It's all right. Because it, it's it's hard to watch other people's yeah. grief over yeah. that loss. And I don't know how to help them. And I always come to my mom and I'm like, how can I help these moms? And there's nothing you can do, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, Except to listen to them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. You know, I think that... Hearing your story, too, in their grief, though, yeah. they also can hear your love. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it's been 
it's been weird to come to terms with death, but I think I have a complete understanding of death from illness now. You know, everyone's path is very different, and um, I just want to do anything I can to help the people who are still here, and I haven't figured out a way to do that. And I, you know, that's not my job. My mom always tries to reiterate that. She's like, it's not your job to help these people, but I still want to, I haven't come to understanding with that, you know? I was like, how can people experience this pain? Cancer is still very weird. It's an ongoing thing. We don't know how to cure cancer. We don't know how to treat cancer, you know? It's weird. It affects almost everyone. Everyone knows someone that's been through it. Absolutely. Everyone. But we, it hasn't become normal, you know? It hasn't become normalized from a pain front, if that makes sense. I'm not sure if it should be normalized. Yeah, no, it really shouldn't because yeah. it it's something that's very difficult. But it's like for the multitude of people experiencing it, it it's so weird that people still feel so alone. I can only imagine yeah. how hard it is to try to feel normal. Yeah. When your body is doing some very strange things. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's a weird journey. I don't know. I, it's hard to grasp it as a whole. You know, I cry for other people. I don't cry for myself, and I don't know why, but everyone's like, oh, you must be, like, so sad. And I'm like, I'm not sad about it. But when it comes to other people, I do get really upset about it because I just don't understand. You know, I've been so lucky. I was so lucky that I was put in a position where it changed my life for the good. It is the most positive thing that has ever happened to me. You know, it sucks that I have to be sick some days, but this diagnosis has forced me to completely rethink my life. I was so impressed when I had the opportunity to read your writing about your brain tumor and living with it in the um, Gilda's Club writing contest. And mm -hmm. I, I remember sitting here in this very studio <laughs> and reading through all the entries and I got to yours. I had no idea, you know, your name wasn't on it. Yeah. And I thought, wow, who is this young woman? And then <laughs> several weeks after, there you are on stage performing this. Yeah. Dear Cancer, I never thought I would know your name. In the land of my childhood, you would quickly become a celebrity, whispered about around every corner, documented for the most mundane doings. I never thought, not in a million years, that you would make a pit stop to visit my family on your road trip of havoc. So where did that performance come from? So I was trying to find this really unique way to put my own spin on it, and I wrote this spoken word poetry style thing. You know, the poem doesn't really speak about cancer. It kind of speaks about it, like, metaphorically. Dear Cancer, I don't know why you felt the need to make me become your best friend why you felt the need to be a part of my story. You locked a friendship bracelet around my wrist and threw away the key. As love-hate as our relationship is, I'm glad you decided to knock on my door that cold January night so long ago. To say hello, to force me to grow, and to learn that I am way stronger than you will ever be. Congratulations. I, it was something that really made an impact with the audience, clearly. And I'm yeah. sure you've heard that now in the months since. Yeah. Yeah. I was really surprised because I, I've spoken in a lot of different type of situations. Like speaking at the United Nations, it's very strict and no one really claps. And then, you know, doing like TED Talks and things like that. 
Being diagnosed was one of the most positive things that has ever happened to me because it forced me to do the things that I love now. We don't have control over the events that happen to us, but the control to make decisions, it's all up to us. And deciding to do the things that we love and go for our goals now, well, it might just save us. Thank you. At Gilda's Club, I think there's just this underlying understanding. You know, everyone knows that everyone in this room has been through something, whether they decide to speak about it or not. Many people would not do what you've decided to do, <laughs> to speak publicly yeah. about your cancer. And you're talking to the United Nations and you're doing TED Talks. Is it something about being so public that is also healing? Yeah, I definitely think it can be healing because I meet people through this and it's the most incredible experience. You know, meeting these other kids who are so positive and even adults who have lived with cancer their whole life. I've really built a community around the projects that I've created. And I always say that's the goal. I have a friend who is now in his 60s and he was diagnosed when he was 15. And at that time, the doctor said, well, you're not going to graduate from high school. But clearly, he's yeah. now in, in his 60s with grandchildren. And he is fond of saying, I am not living with cancer. Cancer is living with me. He decided not to stop for it. How do you view then your life with this underlying health concern? I really love that because I always say cancer does not define me. It is not my life. I would still be pursuing my goals and I would still be doing the things that I'm doing outside of it. It just wouldn't be related to cancer. But on the other side of things, it is still something that has happened to me. So it will in some way always impact what I do and what I'm passionate about. So I, I say that I try to use it as a motivation point and not as a negative thing that holds me back from things. So Sounds like you use it as a growth point. Yeah. I feel like I'm finally at a point where I can take myself out of the illness, if that makes sense in any way. You know, I still have it, but not much has changed in four years, but I have changed a lot. You know, being 13 to being 17 now, it's a big difference. I have a different life. I have a different career. I live in a different place. So it's still there, but I tried to just... I, I'm like, I'm a survivor. Do you know what I mean? I, yes. It's just... I don't know. I never know if it will go away. Do you ever allow yourself to kind of look out in the future? Or is that too uncertain? You know, I'm going to college now and I'm like trying to make these plans. And I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. But where do you want to go to college, by the way? Either L.A., New York or London, because it's like, I of can, course. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I want to continue doing what I'm doing, you know, so. I don't think it's that I don't let myself look out into the future because I'm worried about health. I just think it's important to be open to things, but also have be working towards things. So, But be open to the possibilities. Yeah, be open to the possibilities. I thank you for being so upfront and honest about your story because I think we learn from each other. Mm -hmm. And people Definitely. are certainly learning how to live yeah. when they hear your story. Yeah, yeah. You know, I always say it's bigger than cancer. You know, my book, it's it's about cancer, but it, it's way bigger than that. Not everyone has the opportunity to pack up and do what they love. But if you start every day by just doing things that you're passionate about, you know, so many people just kind of sweep that under the rug. They're like, oh, that's a hobby. Oh, that's like foolish to do that. I'm like, no, you love the things you love for a reason. And if you're lucky enough to know the things you love, pursue them in any way you can. I just try to be an example for people. Not everyone can pack up and move across the country. That's unrealistic. But if you can do something small that makes you happy, it makes you feel passion. I 
Everyone we talk to, I always ask this question. What tidbit of wisdom, poem, favorite quote, meditation, something you do every day that you can pass along to listeners so that you can help others? Okay. So when I was a little bit younger and my mom would come and wake me up and I didn't want to wake up, I'd be like, oh, I, I'm thinking. And slowly that transformed into what we call genius time. So I'd be like, oh, I'm having genius time. And I would just go back to sleep. But slowly turned into this thing. So I, I try to have genius time every morning if I can. I think we're so attached to our phones and social media, especially because my time, my job surrounds around social media and the world and the city I live in. And so I keep my phone off for at least the first 20 to 30 minutes when I wake up. I try. And then I have this genius time where you're kind of in between asleep and awake. So I try to think through all of my dreams and then just sit there and think. And I find that's when I get my best ideas. You know, that was when I thought of the book and that was when I thought of the nonprofit. So I think just giving us time, you can do it whenever you want. I, I guess it would just kind of be like meditation, but in my own way. I just sit and I just think about what I have to do and things that I love that day. I think taking time away from electronics when either you first wake up or when you're go. I like when you first wake up because you're kind of like clear-minded and just really thinking because I feel like we're always running around doing things. You know, I lived a very scheduled life before I was diagnosed. I was like, I have to be here and I have to be. I'm like, okay, if you are two minutes late to dance practice, the world is not going to end. You don't need to like skip food or swear at the highway. Like, you know, so I think taking that time free of, responsibilities to just think is so important. Just exercising your brain. Grace, all the best to you. Thank you. Yeah, I want to see you on stage. I want to oh, interview thanks. you when you win a Grammy. I, I want. <laughs> thank you. And thank you for putting this on your platform. I, I, it's so important to share. And so thank you for letting people speak about life and living in a positive light because I think, you know, we're surrounded by negative things. So I think it's really important to take a moment to like step back and do the things that you love. Wow, that is Grace Weather. Grace's book is called You're So Lucky, and you can find it and some of her videos on her website, thegraceweather, that's W-E-T-H-O-R dot com. And of course, Grace is all over social media. You can follow her world travels on Instagram. I hope you liked this very first episode of Living With, a production from the End in Mind Project. You can check that out at endinmindproject.com. Dot org. Tell us what you think and watch for another episode soon. Living With is made possible in part with financial support from Alina Health and Health Partners based in Minnesota. Our editor is Jenna Lee Park, assistant producer Jamie Baucus, and I'm Kathy Worser. Thanks for listening.